You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series, movie, or audio and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we're looking at season one and only episode four of Crime Traveler, The Revenge of the Chronology Protection Hypothesis, a.k.a. Jeff Slade, and The Revenge of the Chronology Protection Hypothesis. Episode synopsis. Holly Turner is giving a speech at the Institute of Time where she is discussing the chronology protection hypothesis, first put forward by Stephen Hawking. Holly maintains that the hypothesis is correct. You can't rewrite history. Not one line. Her speech is well-received, but of course it's all nonsense because time travel isn't possible, despite the amazing work her father did in the past. And then she sees the news. Jeff Slade has been shot by a man named Crowley and is in critical condition, awaiting emergency surgery. She finds out when he was shot, uses the time machine to go back and, presumably, prevent Slade from being shot. It's her day off to be at the Institute of Time, so it doesn't raise too many eyebrows when she arrives looking for Slade. Slade has been assigned to a high-profile murder of a famous artist. The only two immediate suspects are the artist's ex-wife, currently embroiled in an acrimonious legal battle for money, and his art dealer, Levinson. Holly shows up and wants to tag along, but when she refuses to let Slade use the time machine, he grows suspicious, but he allows her to accompany him anyway. They visit the ex-wife, and she claims not to have killed him, pointing a finger at Levinson. Holly questions her about Crowley, a name unassociated with this case and unknown to Slade. His suspicions are aroused even further. Slade spots the time watch on Holly's wrist and calls the Institute of Time, learning that she's still there. He confronts her, and eventually she tells him he'll be shot at 6 p.m. today by Crowley. They visit Levinson, who claims to have no further stake in the artist, and he too has never heard of Crowley. Outside the store, Holly spots Crowley from the mugshot shown on TV. Slade gives chase, but he escapes. Now Slade is going after Crowley. First, he breaks into his apartment, but finds nothing connecting him to the murdered artist. Crowley returns, so Slade arrests him. He can hold him for 24 hours without charging him. That will keep Slade safe, and time will be changed. Morris and the chief inspector have had a break in the case. They found threatening letters from the ex-wife, and a search of her place finds blood-stained clothing and a painting stolen from the crime scene. They arrest her. But when they find Slade has arrested someone else with no apparent cause, they let him lose. Crowley, a career criminal and not the brightest firefly in the swarm, immediately proceeds with his completely unrelated plan to rob a jeweler's. That just happens to be next door to Levinson's art dealership. Slade and Holly, also nearby, hear gunshots, rush to the scene, just as Crowley tries to escape into Levinson's shop, taking him and a family hostage. Seeing Slade outside, he demands that Slade be the officer that comes in to negotiate, as the clock ticks inexorably towards 6 p.m. Slade cannot refuse, and he sends Holly back to the time machine. Inside, Slade gets the jump on Crowley, killing him, only to have Levinson shoot Slade because it's been exposed that he's hiding the artist's painting, which have vastly increased in value now that Levinson murdered him. 
Holly synchronizes with the present and rushes to the hospital, just in time to see Levinson trying to finish off Slade. Slade, however, wasn't actually hurt and jumps Levinson, subduing him. It was all a ruse to get hard evidence on Levinson. I mean, apart from the hard evidence of actually telling Slade, a police officer, that he did the murder and had the paintings and then shot said police officer to cover it up, thinking him dead, but he was wrong, and then lying about what happened to the police investigation. The chronology protection hypothesis has been proven once again. The end. It makes me think of those first words Grisham uttered in the opening of episode one. Remember, we haven't got any evidence. Well, <laughs> evidence, uh, whatever. I, I might as well just go straight to that last thing. You know, it sounded okay when he sort of babbled it. But I'm like, wait a minute. Slade was alive. Slade was awake. Slade saw the paintings. Levinson said, yep, I have the paintings. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to shoot you. He shoots Slade. Doesn't kill him. Is that not good enough for a conviction? If Slade lives and testifies, and the fact that the guy has the paintings, I, I mean, I guess it depends on how is that what? any better than him trying to kill him in the hospital because only Slade was going to be there, and it would still be just his word. Oh, he was in here trying to kill me. Um, I, it was kind of yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, I, I think I think you're right. I didn't. I didn't think about it too hard at the time because I was more bothered by the fact there's no acknowledgement from Slade that the reason that he is, the, the, the reason that Holly is convinced that he has been shot is because of the kind of ruse that is involved at this stage. But he already has the knowledge that Holly thinks he has been shot. So you would have thought that that would be in his mind one way or another like i could either mess with time here by not going along with the ruse and then that would mean that a paradox would be created because holly wouldn't have a reason to go back in time and then obviously he would no longer have that foreknowledge and or however that would work out or he thinks uh not only should i go along with the ruse in order to i don't know get the extra evidence or whatever the hell it is um, but also, it's going. It's going to preserve the the. Um, it's going to protect, I should say, yeah. the chronology. I my my first note here is I would have preferred ambiguity. I would have preferred a situation where we don't actually know that Slade was really shot and injured when Holly saw him on the TV, and then this time we're left with the possibility that he actually did change it, that he survived, or not that he was dead anyway, but that that there's a possibility that they did, in fact, change time, but what they could not change was what Holly observed to make her go back in time. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. She yes, had to see I, him I hold think, out. Yeah. I, th I, think, I think that's what we've got, and I think in, I think in some ways this episode does sort of do the business in terms of providing all of that stuff in in the the in the chronology is still is still protected so i mean there's there's a thus far there is a kind of consistent there's a there's a consistent approach to the temporal laws and 
the only the only thing where there is actually this kind of suggestion i suppose that there that time is time is not maybe always going to behave in the way that has been set out so far are to do with some of the some of the things that holly herself says some of the things that are because she she is the expert not just on time but on the way as far as we as far as we know she is the only person the only person who actually knows that time travel is possible apart from slade and obviously he doesn't understand temporal physics at all right i don't know i mean i i did feel like when this ended it was wrapped up in a a neatly bundled loop just like the others have been it is this way because it's always been this way it didn't get changed and i i really would have liked to have seen it so that they could have done it without changing anything i mean it is possible bear with me let's say holly never showed up okay um and slade is assigned to this case he investigates the wife he investigates uh levinson and for some reason, he decides to go back to Levinson's shop around six o'clock. Crowley is coming out of the jewelry shop as a robber. Slade would, of course, got involved in exactly the same way, and he would have ended up getting shot. And and there we have it. It, it could have perfectly well happened that way, and no Holly at all. But they definitely made it. Holly is like, nah, you wouldn't have been shot by this guy if I hadn't come back yeah. in time and i would have preferred it the other way so that we were left with the question it's like is it is she right because this doesn't prove anything this is not proof of the chronology protection hypothesis this is just another data point but it's not definitive proof and well i yeah i mean i don't i'm not sure about this the chronology protection hypothesis i mean for so for one thing to to kind of refer back to the discussion we had last time we talked about this show, this is very much like in The Matrix where the Oracle warns Neo about the vase. Mm-hmm. Because if she hadn't warned him about the vase, it wouldn't have happened. And this is Holly set Holly going back in time and causing Slade to be shot. And so there's your paradox. It's it's the it's the noodle baking scenario. The the chronology protection hypothesis does come from Stephen Hawking. You've been looking at the same Wikipedia page mm-hmm. that I have. Um, I haven't got further than the Wikipedia page. I haven't actually gone and read that was the enough. paper itself. <laughs> yeah. it, well, it, it was enough. And from what I can tell, it's somewhat t- tongue-in-cheek because Hawking yes. is talking about a chronology protection agency that is ca- keeping the causality safe for historians and so he he is he is perhaps thinking about you know captain jack rather than a a law of physics that you could prove and so right yeah i don't know that's why they call it a conjecture something (laughs) yeah um you know one one thing that one aspect of potential time travel is has to do with some some information uh i'll call it hypothesis um that time travel is there is information saved, right if if i go back in time and tell somebody that abraham lincoln's going to be shot and try to stop him from from going to the ford theater 
um, I'm bringing information from the future. That that is essentially what's coming. My I myself have actually, in a way, am information, and that is what the system won't allow. Is it won't allow the information to go. So if I go back in time, but I end up in the jungles of Africa with no communication, I can't act upon the information. I can't make a change. Therefore, time is safe. That that there is this because time is intertwined with space time, right? It has to do with where you are, relativity, all of those things make this much more complicated. And then in some cases, I think time travel is just, there's a, 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 a barrier of that information bubble. You, you can't go somewhere where that information is, will make a difference. I mean, there are, there are a couple of things there. Well, I mean, one, one is the question of whether time travel is possible or not. And if it is, and it's a, a kind of quantum level thing, we're not talking about the kind of what, you know, what we're seeing here with Holly and her right. time machine. But the, but the other thing is that, that if you, if you're, if you and your information do go back to before the point of the origin of the origin, then it can't change anything. And the way that works within this show is because that's the way it always has been. Yeah. So that I, seems I, to be it. I, I think that. I mean that this episode is remaining consistent with that idea. I think the show is leaving open the possibility that that isn't always the case. But in this instance, I think it is taking some interesting, but, 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 well, tensions, I guess, with other other things that that we might consider to be truths or uh, important, and so. One of those things is the way that Holly behaves. Holly has literally just given a talk about this chronology protection hypothesis. So she believes that it is true and or important. I'm not quite sure which. I think from watching the show, I was assuming it was, she thought it was true. Um, from <laughs> reading a little bit more about it, I'm now thinking it might be just that she thinks it's important and that is actually supported by something she says in the episode. But I, I think what's interesting about it is that when she thinks Slade has been shot, despite what she th what she holds to be true, what she considers to be important, i.e. the preservation of chronology, she still goes back in time and tries to change time, which <laughs> is, you know, one more point on the side of determinism that nah, nah. she's 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 going to do that because that's what she's always done, regardless of well free will, I guess. Okay, so the key I, thing in this. if she has, let's say she has firm belief that this that time won't let you. I mean, that's what she has been previously saying is that that's just not the way it works. Time will not let that let that happen. As if time is a thing that that has some sort of properties of of prevention. If she believes that, if she is firmly of that conviction, then the question is, what could be the harm in me trying? If I try and I fail, at least I tried. If I try and I succeed, then we know something is not, that, that my hypothesis is wrong about the nature of time. She, she, the, only, the only way she does gets nothing is by doing nothing. And... So why why wouldn't 
why wouldn't she go back and try to figure it out? I, I don't know, but I, I think, well, I, 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 I think it's, it's pretty, it's pretty clear that she is against doing that. She's been against doing that in other situations where Slade has been the one wanting to persuade her to go back. Uh-huh. And so it appears that circumstances are pushing her into doing something that she wouldn't necessarily do by choice, but it's kind of, it's, it's fate playing a hand, if you like. And I think it's this, her faith being tested. Well, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's faith so much as faith, and I think that is echoed in another situation in this episode, which again not directly connected with time travel and determinism, but it. Well, it is in a way. It's when Slade agrees to go in as the the gunman's hostage knowing that he's going to get shot and again the kind of circumstances contrive to put put him in that position because it the, the, there's again there's a kind of question of the what he what he believes in and in this case it's he can't let the innocent people get killed just you know on the he, because he's not willing to to risk his own life um, but it, it again, it puts up an interesting um, conflict between these ideas of free will being a good in itself, but also doing the right thing being the right thing, if that's not too tautological. So th- this, this is a situation where there is a, a morally correct thing to do. And, and um, we kind of hold out that you should do what it is right to do but we also hold out that it is good to have free will but if there is if there are situations where it is clear-cut what you should do what is the point of free will in that case Mm. it's maybe a little bit like you know the the when you have the the question of evil if uh, as in the kind of theological argument around having a god who is omniscient and omnipotent and yet there is evil in the world, and why does he allow that? And, you know, one of the, the answers is, well, because free will is a good over and above that. But it, it you know, it is a tension, and I think it, I think it is a tension here. Slade, for, for all our criticisms of him in, as a past, <laughs> as a moral <laughs> being in previous episodes, because he has been sort of quite manipulative and self-interested, here he does act in a in a selfless way that you would applaud, um, and yet he does it in a way that makes it clear that it, that is at the cost of well he doesn't really have a choice here he doesn't really have free will uh-huh. so I don't know I, I it, I'm 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 finding myself quite surprised so far actually by this series in, in the degree to which it has actually kept me more engaged and interested than I thought it would based on my recollections. I mean I think I'm having the it's down to the free will thing again i am having a bit of a problem with the series because it is done and dusted (laughs) it's like um when we get to the beginning of the episode it's all happened and it's going to happen and they're not going to change anything ergo it 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 is there's a certain lack of enjoyment of their agency (laughs) <laughs> even, you know, even though I know but James it, Bond is going to win every time. It, yeah, uh, 
but you, the you only, don't feel the like only, the only difference is there's, there's an element of foreknowledge in that you can is that because you're going back in time it's not strictly linear you know certain things are going to happen in their personal futures but other than that i don't I, think it's any different from any other kind of detective type story yeah, i don't know it's it's sort of at the i don't know it it it, it niggles at me every time i watch it it's like feel like there should be something more here and i think they came closest Oof. i think they came closest in the kind of in the fashion shoot episode it's just it, they spent more more time in the real world but eh, i don't know i don't know it, it's there, it's a, there, there is there is but, there is definitely the, the the door is open there for there to be an alternative outcome there's an alternative conception and i and i think that and it and it is a bit messy because it does it it does make it unclear what holly actually thinks or believes and in a way it's a bit a bit like kind of these ambiguities around you know the ideas about the laws of time say when they're talked about in doctor who and you think sometimes when they talk about the laws of time they're referring to f physical laws that uh -huh. you know you can't you can't break the laws of physics um but sometimes when they're talking about laws of time they're talking about the rules the time lords have set down and so they're just literally talking about a, a temporal legal system where you can actually break the laws of time it's just that someone from a chronology protection agency will come and try and arrest you for it or or whatever it would be or try and stop you from doing it and i think there is a suggestion in this that Holly believes that it's not physically impossible to change time because she actually starts going into the moral questions around what would happen if she changed time. But, but and is she really... literally arguing that you can't change time? That's her speech. She's not arguing that it's morally that wrong speech, to but... do it. Her speech is you can't do it, period. That is she's, her speech. She's... But then... But then she says if if she changes time so she's allowing the possibility it's her fault and that that's where it becomes a, a, a moral question and it's a slightly weird one i think i'm trying to kind of unpick the ethical consequences of what she's suggesting or the or the kind of interplay between the the moral and the philosophical issues here because in a way this is just a straightforward act and omission doctrine question so the you know the, the the issue in ethics where you have to decide whether there is some greater moral responsibility associated with the deliberate acts you take rather than the things that you just don't do as in illustrated by the famous trolley problem where i don't know why it's called a trolley it's always a tram in the picture but you have a tram heading down one <laughs> line and it's going to run over three people and if you change the points it'll just run over one person and so what should you do and and there is there a suggestion that if you accept that there is no real difference between acts and omissions then you should change the points because otherwise you are letting two extra people die 
but if somehow taking a, a positive act creates a greater moral responsibility, then by changing the points, you are responsible for that one person dying. Whereas previously, yes, three people were going to die, but it wasn't your responsibility. And what Holly seems to be suggesting is that in normal circumstances, she's not as kind of, you know, what, what she what she does or doesn't do isn't isn't as important. But if she goes back in time and changes something, then that is particularly her responsibility. So she is, you know, as the Catholic Church does, trying to make a distinction between an act and an omission. At least I think that's what's going on. I don't know if, if that was the sense you okay. got. So <laughs> I, I I have to say I got the sense that this was just uh, that that Mr. Horowitz is not Stephen Moffat when it comes to writing a a time loop. Um, I, I, I did. I think this. I think this is different. I think he. I think he knows where he's going with this deliberately. Well, I'm hoping I mean, that there's something not... in the future that's going to change this, but or that's going to well to, I'm in the, this. But the the philosophical issue that he's raising, he's raising deliberately. So I'm not. I'm not saying that he is as good at crafting a a, a kind of temporal loop as as Moffat is. But I think he's. I think he is deliberately. He's raising this moral question for a purpose uh, yes you have to establish the rule of time before you can break it that's that's uh basically a, a script writing uh uh i don't want to say trope but in other words we establish then we break from it and then we <clears throat> reconcile and i feel like that's where he's going i keep thinking that's where he's going i would have liked it better if in this episode i had I had come away with with any thought that there was an ambiguity as to whether or not any outcome changed at all. And I don't necessarily mean an outcome, but in other words, okay, Slade, on the news, Slade was shot, and on the news they said Crowley did it. That is the news. We do not know if that is true. We mm-hmm. do not know if Levinson shot him when Holly saw that or whether Crowley shot him. It could have been either one. Yes, sir. But in the version when Holly went back in time... The news report is the same because the information that the press had wasn't didn't make a substantial difference to them. So therefore, or if it was different, it may have been exactly the same. And I don't I feel like we we just simply didn't get enough to say whether or not even the slightest scintilla of anything did in fact change by Holly's actions, or whether it was just completely deterministic. And I think we've gone far enough in this show. It's a fairly short program and we're four episodes in. <clears throat> I feel like four episodes of showing us you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it might have been too many if he is pushing towards something towards the end where they need to show a little crack in that. And they didn't show a crack here to me. They could have shown a crack. There could have been all sorts of little, just little tiny things that we could have been given. And, you know, I, I don't know. In the I, news report, I, I don't think they showed Crowley being hauled out. So maybe Crowley was never shot and killed in the first version. Don't know. <clears throat> you know, it, it just, we don't have, you know, we only have the information that Holly had, which is part of, she had very little information when she took back in time. So that's, I think the thing is, there is no first version. Quite possibly. In which case, then there is no change. There can't be. No. no so, because that is, uh, that is case, the formula. Then, 
they're going to have a hard time breaking that then. Um, but so let me ask this question. Is it of significance that Holly never told Slade he wasn't dead? I mean, he wasn't dead. She knew he wasn't dead. She just knew he was going in for surgery. And yet every time there's this, you're going to be shot. The first question I would ask if somebody came to me from the future and said, you're going to be shot is, did it kill me? But not sure that's the first no, thing I would so ask. But do you automatically assume that you're dead? No, I mean, it's but... a high probability. But it's like, how important is me stopping this? I don't want to be shot. Trust me, I don't want to be shot. But I don't want to be shot dead. Or on the other hand, do I want to be no, shot think, dead yeah, as opposed no, to I shot think... in the neck and paralyzed? You know, I don't know. I think my question <laughs> would, would very much more be, how badly am I hurt? All right, it's the same difference, more or less. It's the same difference. You want you want to understand the extent of that wound, right? One of those extents is dead. I mean, that's 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 just the sliding spectrum. How bad is it? Okay, I. But but she does not. She does not give him that. He does not inquire, and she does not mention it. And she has multiple opportunities to do well, so. And... Yeah, but she's clearly she's. There is a conversation. She's not volunteering information, and he is saying, "Well, if you're not going to tell me anything, why did you travel back?" So, so then she starts telling you it, things. Yeah. Well, it, well, it, well, she doesn't at that point. And I think it's it's one of those things that this show has done before, which is to call out the obvious problem with the plot. Like, I mean, that is a good question. Why, if she's not going to tell anything, why does she travel back? And so they actually articulate that problem. But then her response to it is, well, I had to, which isn't really answering the the question so we never we never properly understand what is going <laughs> through her head when she does that we can it's only not like inferences. she's trying to catch the criminal i mean that's at least what slade does when he goes back in time holly goes back in time she i mean if if crowley is indeed the killer and crowley is dead she never even bothers to to find out whether crowley has been arrested but she's not yeah, I, yeah, she's not trying to solve a mystery of who shot Slade because she's already got an answer. So it must be to try to save Slade's life. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's certainly what I assume. So, yeah. um, let's see. I think that it's fascinating that in a world where time travel is obviously impossible because all the experts tell you um, that it's impossible, that they have an institute of time. That's that podium was as bad as her chief science officer plaque on the door. The Institute of Time? What do they do? But, I mean, time's an important thing, don't get me wrong, but really, what do they do? Just listen to people talk about theories of time travel? Do they make clocks? Well, it's, what? Not, just, it's not necessarily just time travel, is it? I mean, no, if, but if... if the theories of relativity have an effect on the passage of time. And so, you know, in exploring ways in which, you know, gravitational pull or how time might behave around black holes or there's a lot of stuff that you could do exploring the way in which time works without actually requiring time travel itself to be possible. Well, clearly the sciences are much better funded in the UK than her over here for them to have an institute of time. But uh, I also, and I know this is just a script writing thing, Holly is giving a presentation on the chronology protection hypothesis, but 
did it not feel like she gave the whole presentation when we watched it? It went from, here's what it is, no. first postulated by Stephen Hawking, and you can't beat it. And then that's felt like that was the end of it. <laughs> like, that, you no, got I, up I, all I, I, that? Well, that... That did seem like the end of it because because they applauded. But that, I mean, that was, it felt like we'd missed the entire presentation because why why was she there? That was the problem I had. I I feel like there is just kind of sense of they need Holly to have a day off, and because <laughs> there is because there is this theme of the chronology protection hypothesis, it makes it, it, it makes it possible to kill two birds with one stone by having her articulate it at a conference that she's gone to on her day off. The problem is, and this is the same science officer problem, that's kind of not really how conferences work. And that might not, that you know, they're thinking it was Saturday night audience or whatever night this show went out on. They're, they're not, they're not going to care very much. And okay, fair enough. But then some people are going to care. And I would have liked a little more detail about why it was that she specifically was invited to the conference. Because I'm not saying that she wouldn't, draw on Hawking's work but she wouldn't just go along to a conference full of temporal experts and reiterate the, to them Great. a right. part of Hawking's work that they would already all be familiar with surely she would be presenting some novel piece of research of her own in relation to that I would agree and it felt like and she's she you know she's the perfect candidate to go to one of these conferences because she is actually she she has temporal she has results around time travel that no one else has because she's the only person who has a time machine at this point. Yeah, which she won't reveal but to that, them. But so that's, that yeah, that's not something she is willing to say anything about. So, what is what are the results that she's willing to share? We don't get any of that. We just get this no. sense that she's turned up and recycled something someone else said once. Well. Like I said, the, the the other thing, the reason I feel that that was the whole speech, and I know it can't possibly have been the whole speech, but the reason I feel like that had to be the whole speech is because she does, in fact, basically start out that final paragraph introducing the concept that it came from Stephen Hawking, right? That she she's in the we're supposed this is supposed to be the summary phase. I and in conclusion, it should have started with the phrase and in conclusion. <laughs> It's like my the hypothesis is real, but it didn't feel like that way. It feel like felt like it was introducing it to me. Now, if this were a more modern TV show, and again, we are. I am. I say I feel like I feel like they've got to do something to break this causality thing to justify this series. But okay, uh, the drama aspect, the melodrama aspect of the series. So I feel like they're building up to something big, but at the and obviously it's got to involve her father, um, but or possibly Slade's father. But there's also the possibility here that this scene is partially to reintroduce the academic opinion of her father. <clears throat> so in other words, this wasn't about her giving the speech. This was about that other professor saying. Well, of course, time travel is nonsense, notwithstanding your father's remarkable works before he disappeared. It's like, so what were those that they know about that, you know, what did, yeah. did he accomplish time travel or did he not accomplish time travel? <clears throat> and, and 
or or you know what what is in between those two where, where, where do you get along that path towards uh I, so i just kind of i almost feel like maybe this professor is going to play a part later on but i don't know but but that's that could be me looking at this from 2022 and going well that's what they clearly that's what they would have done in a 10 yeah in a 10 episode tv series or however many it is i mean what you what you what you got to bear in mind is they they are not they are not creating an eight episode tv series they are creating series one of an ongoing tv series so the 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 formula is being established to take you through several series or they're going to have to work hard well they obviously did not make it past the first series and you're going to have to work harder to have it be able to hold the hold the attention i think i think you'll you'll just kind of get you well know, i mean right. to, a, a couple of things so i mean f- firstly I, it didn't not make it beyond the first series because it wasn't a successful show it's another of these other kind of strange ones that just cir- circumstances led to it not getting beyond series one had well like i say i am finding it is actually as a formula working for me quite well without and I, I can see breaking the formula is going to be quite dramatic but not necessarily expecting that so imagine that i'm watching it thinking well this is the formula this is what we get every week and then when the cracks actually do appear that is going to be a special occasion that should be the series finale yeah right i just somehow felt like today should have been the day we saw a little crack but i think that was that was because and you said this two episodes ago of the title of the episode it does it does make a it does make a kind of obvious uh, point and it's the midway point along the first series it's it's a good place to this one or the next one is a good place to toss in a little crack to make you think about it a little one a tiny one just a little bit of ambiguity where they walk off the end of the episode and they go did we actually change time or or didn't we or you know um, and ask that question. Have them ask that question to themselves. Have Holly have doubt for a moment that that they actually did something, but inconsequential, perhaps, but something. I I don't I don't know that I have much else. I I would point out that, that they did play Crowley in a very odd way. Go on. They played him like might have been a time traveler really yes there were a couple of places like when it's like do you know me do you do i do and and crowley's just like <laughs> that that sort of sneering laughing um which could be you know just that's his personality but you could also interpret that as being i know something you don't know yet and in a show about time travel that could be that could have something to do with it. Um, it was, I, I would say I didn't entertain it more than say a 10, 15% possibility, but I saw it in a couple of his responses and mostly in his smirks. It, it really was sort of that, yeah, I know something. Or when they put him in jail, he's like, yeah, I know I'm not going to be in here. Or, <clears throat> you know, we have an appointment at six o'clock kind of thing. And, they it just it's like all right this doesn't seem like he might be smart enough to have a degree in temporal physics but he could be 
I don't know. I don't know how they would do it, but another time machine. What would have happened if they had gone to Holly's place? That's a good question. Because we know she's not there. She's at the Institute, so it could just be that the gig would be it up. could become a bit like Inception, couldn't it? I mean, in in in, in theory, because the, because the time machine, which is somehow separate from the room itself, is is in an is in another dimension. That means that the that the time machine is still there and so theoretically available. And just because Holly herself is already time traveling, doesn't mean that the time machine could not be used in that time, unless there is some law that says. You know, if the if the time machine in the future has already t- traveled back into the past, you can't use it now. We haven't been told that. Well, the watch wouldn't be there, would it? Yes, it would. Of course, it oh, would. Oh, but she she did not have the watch, so the watch is in the room. She goes back in time. Now the room is back in Anything time. She, she takes back in time watch. is there twice, and the watch is one of those things. So it would certainly be there. But are they arriving in the room that exists, or are they arriving in the room that went back in time? That they're I'm arriving in the room that exists. Well, would they arrive in different? Well, he, rooms? Well, he Slade is at least Slade is because he is, he's in the they... he's, he's in the original dimension. I don't know about Holly, and that yeah, they you know, that may be in, the issue. Because you know... <laughs> because ultimately Holly, do, Holly does have to go back to the be, go back to the room that has travelled in time, and maybe that is how that question that I raised in the first place gets resolved about what if, what if she meets herself because they, you know, she has to be in the room in the first place in order to travel through time and then she has to return to the room at the same time as she originally travelled through time and that's highly risky but actually if she's returning to a room that is in a different dimension so doesn't have the original her that travelled back in time in it then that's okay. And if she is a minute or two early, that gives her protection because she because she's going to a room that doesn't already have her in it. But if that works for a minute or two early, surely that also works for several hours early. So if she goes back to the room, she is going back to that room that is in the alternate dimension. But that presumably does not apply to Slade because he hasn't travelled in time. Seems... <laughs> well, one thing that I had noticed is that they have not as of yet, done anything other than we go to Holly's apartment, we walk in, we use the time machine. There has never been a situation where they've been sitting around in the time machine room for a couple hours having dinner or whatever they do and and then go, oh, we should go back in time. And then they just sitting there in the room go back in time. It, it has always been a case of them just basically walking in the room, flipping the switches and leaving so that there's a minimum amount of overlap. But overlap there would be. So there there must be a way around it. But it could be like the restaurant at the end of the universe. That's they right. Could, they could they could keep having they could keep going and hang, hanging around in Holly's room having supper and do it again and again at the same time. Because it would be embarrassing if they ran into each other. So Yeah. Wasn't that the excuse? I seem to remember yes. that was the yeah, ultimate exactly. you, 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 you might be embarrassed. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. It would be embarrassing to run into yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else. I got. I got a couple of things. Um, as well as the fact that I think Slade is shows some redeeming qualities in this, shall we say, um, in terms of his selflessness in the hostage situation. There's also 
something to be thankful for in that he isn't completely stupid when Holly lies to him about having travelled through time. And I appreciated the fact that as soon as as soon as there was any reason for him to become suspicious, he immediately checked up on her and yeah. found out that, you know, yes, she was in two places at once and confronted her uh, with it because they could have they could have strung that out. But again, it would have been driving the plot through the stupidity of the characters. So I appreciated that. Also, actually, while while you're kind of on on um, Slade and the way that he behaves, given the knowledge that he has about what's going on, so he uh, yeah he spots that he spots what Holly is doing with the time travel. He then also uses the uses the knowledge that he's going to get shot at six o'clock to take some insane risks climbing up to break into that flat and that is completely logical if you know that you're going to well maybe he's assuming he's gonna as you say he doesn't <laughs> ask he's gonna die at six o'clock he can't die before then so what's the point in except if he's trying to stop himself from being killed then he could kill himself to prevent himself well, from being shot at six o'clock he couldn't kill himself yeah but he couldn't but i'm not convinced that slade that's why i was kind of calling it fate Holly has a, a, she has the belief in this. She has a faith in this hypothesis. She, she believes it to be inviolable. And she has shown that time and time again, because Slade says, well, let's go back and try to stop this. And she goes, well, I'm just telling you, it's not going to work because she absolutely has faith in it. Slade, on the other hand, has not been convinced completely yet. Therefore, Slate is going to continue to try to keep things fixed. And so if he believes he can try to change things, then he has to also believe he could accidentally kill himself in doing so. But you're right. In this scene, he does, he's climbing up on that roof and um, somewhat ridiculously high wiring on the edge. I'm not sure why he did that, but okay. Um, Well, he could have just took a step back. Um, But then when he goes down to the balcony below, he just, yeah, forgot what he said what the hell and he just jumped that mm-hmm. did kind of imply it's like hey, i i can't be hurt now um got till six o'clock but you don't know you could have a broken leg at six o'clock it's like holly well, didn't tell him that yeah i yes i mean yes that that's true and it and that might be partly his assumption and it might it might also be the case that he's not wholly convinced in this you know this, yeah. this self-consistency or deterministic principle but on the other hand if you know you're going to get shot, it's very much what have you got to lose at this point. So, I I I, I thought that that seemed quite I don't know. It was it was interesting. It it seemed even for Slade more than usually stupid and risky, and yet logical and rational. Yeah, I, it's tough to see. Although a, a, a maybe a bulletproof vest would have been a investment too, just in case. What did, just till six o'clock? What, you know. What didn't seem quite so logical and rational was Slade saying, I'm not trained in hostage negotiation as a reason why he shouldn't take over from Grisham as the negotiator because her her negotiation technique certainly struck me as being distinctly unusual. They're they're weird cops. That whole crew are weird cops. And and not in a flattering way. 
I agree, though. I mean, Slade's not trained in hostage negotiations, so why should he be? I don't know. I mean, is that is that the way it works? I, I seem to recall that's not the way it worked in the X-Files when they wanted Mulder to be the negotiator, and they wired him up with a real negotiator so he could they try did. to talk with him, and, you know, uh, they didn't pull any of that with Slade. They're just like, eh, whatever, he wants you, so go on. Well, there you go. British just got to make do with what we've got. <laughs> So you've spent all that money on the Institute of Time and you've had to have cut back on the on the police. If if only. <laughs> if only. Yeah. Anything else? No, that's me done now. Okay. I think I don't have it in front of me, but my my recollection is the next one is Sins of the Father. It is indeed. And that sure sounds like part of my conjecture about Slade's dad being <laughs> uh Part of a uh, uh, something that's that's got to be addressed here. So um, yeah, I guess we'll find out next time. I certainly think if it's episode five rather than episode eight, it's more likely to be Slade than Holly's father. Yes, yes, I yes, I think those both of those things remain open. Although it's interesting, it's both of their fathers. But I think yeah, I, I think Holly's father has to. Holly's father needs to put in some sort of an appearance in the final episode. I just can't believe that that doesn't happen. Even if he's, you know, not rescued because it's like, it's written, but Simon, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure as always. Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash fusionpatrol or patreon.com slash fusionpatrol. For our monthly Patreon subscribers, we're currently running a special series on Babylon 5. Come join the conversation in the comments section of this episode at fusionpatrol.com. You'll also find there over a decade of past episodes. You can find some of our other works at soundcloud.com slash fusionpatrol. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. On the next episode of Fusion Patrol, we take a look at two more episodes of Logan's Run. First, we look at Future Past, a story about androids in love. And then we look at Carousel, the episode where Logan returns to the City of Domes to die. We hope you'll join us next time on Fusion Patrol. Also, don't forget that between now and April 7th, 2023, over at SoundCloud.com slash Fusion Patrol, we're running our special series on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Check it out.